Well, good morning. It's so great to see all of you. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. Or if you have your phone or your tablet, uh, you can turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Uh, and if you need a Bible, underneath the chairs in front of you, there is a, a hardback black one. And in that Bible, it's page uh, 675. 675. Well, we are in our second week uh, series of the miracles of Christmas. Uh, and we're so excited to be there. We're going to pick up where we left off uh, last week. Um, but if you've been familiar with the news or you're familiar with han- uh, humanity in general, um, you know we all need Jesus. Amen? Right? You look through the uh, stuff on what's going on in the media, school shootings, um, just, uh, just the world is out of control. The world needs Jesus. We need Jesus. Um, it's because of the fact that we were born sinners. Uh, in all of us, there is a, a nature to do uh, evil against the Lord, to disobey the Lord. And this is uh, clearly evident in young children. If you've had young children, you know that there is just a propensity to just disobey and just do the wrong thing. I encountered this at Wendy's one time. Um, we were sitting there for lunch, and there was uh, a little kid uh, eating his Happy Meal, and all of a sudden, a fry drops on the ground. And then the mom bends over and picks it up, and then another fry drops on the ground. And the mom bends over and picks it up, and another fry drops on the ground. And you know what happens. The mom picks, bends down, and picks it up. See, uh, the children are conditioning parents uh, to be able to pick things up for them. But then I, then I locked eyes with this cute little adorable child, you know. I won't tell you the gender because that doesn't matter. Locked eyes, and I see the, the bag of french fries, the cup of ketchup, and the child just went like this. Yeah, all over the floor, and the mom went down, picked it all up. And so you know from a young age there is a propensity in all of us uh, to do wrong. You may have figured that out. It doesn't solve its problem. We don't grow out of it. Unfortunately, we grow less if those of us who know Jesus. Um, but even if you were doing some Christmas shopping and, and somebody cut you off, right? Uh, some, someone recently cut us off, and it was like, man, it's the Christmas season. Could you let us go? Right? So even the time of year, even our circumstances don't uh, affect uh, the fact that we are born sinners and that we uh, sin, that we do evil, that we don't treat others how we should. But we also, not only do we need Jesus, but we need to remember Jesus. I don't know about you, but I forgot what I had for dinner the other night. I forgot to, uh, you know, print something this morning, get an announcement ready, uh, and we're so easy in this season of, of life or this busy holiday that life just gets a hold of us and we forget things, right? It's not just an age thing. It's a, it's a all kinds of, it's a humankind thing. The hustle and bustle of Christmas, we can tend to forget what Christmas is really about. And so we definitely need Jesus, but we also need to remember Jesus on our daily life. And I know, just like many of us, we struggle with that. And so today we're going to look at Jesus' conception and how he is the one to save us from our sin, but also why we need to remember that. So if you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 1, let me pray as we study God's word this morning. Father, thank you so much uh, for your son Jesus. And thank you that you've orchestrated this time of year that we can really focus in on his birth. And as we look at today, his conception and and Father, your plan and the Holy Spirit's working in that to bring us uh, our Savior to be born of a virgin. Lord, I ask that your same Spirit that conceived our Lord Jesus, that have wrote the Scriptures, uh, would challenge us this morning with the truth that we need to hear. We love you, and it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. 
And so we're talking about the miracle of the virgin birth, um, but quite frankly, I think a better name would, would be described as the miracle of the virgin conception. And like so many things with Christmas, uh, some of the important things can take kind of a, a back seat. And yes, uh, the virgin birth is important. Jesus was born. Uh, but what's even more important is that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit of supernatural means. And you can't have a birth without a conception. All of us parents, all of you parents know that. All of you parents know that. And so as we look at this, I want us to read this account and then dive in, and but really focus in on the conception of our Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and following. This then is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. So here we have our text for this morning, and we talked about the genealogy last week, and we saw that all of our genealogies are filled with sin because we were born with sin. And so this tells us that Jesus' conception, we're going to look at, was from God, not man. Every single conception known to man, except for our Lord Jesus, was a human conception. Our Lord Jesus was a conception from God and not from man. This is so unique. This is so uh, fascinating. There is no other conception that happened except our Lord's that was from God and not from man. Matthew tells us that Mary was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Luke uh, uh, gives us the account from Mary's perspective when the angel told Mary that she was going to be with child. And Mary says, how will this be, she asked, since I am a virgin, I've not known a man. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, or will be called Holy. And that's how the angel told Mary about this. And Luke even gives us an, a, another detail. He says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fare. And so some miraculous, mysterious God ordained the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, though she knew not a man. 
She did not have any sexual relations with a man, but the Holy Spirit came upon her and conceived our Lord Jesus. Then Matthew goes on to clarify and says, by saying, Mary was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, but before they came together. So in other words, before they consummated their marriage. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son, put on humanity, adding a human nature to his divine nature. And this angelic announcement, as we'll see, also confirms Jesus' conception was from God, not man. If you look at verse 20. But after he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Actually, let me read this omitting the Holy Spirit. This is how the birth of Jesus Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. And before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, had in mind to divorce her quietly. A little context we need to know is the the Hebrew engagement is that uh, when two people were um, interested in each other, often probably in arranged marriage, uh, the the groom's side would travel to where uh, the wife, uh, the future-be wife would be in her family and would give her a bride price or give her a dowry to say, I intend to marry this woman. And then for the next year, they were in this betrothal period, which means she was um, she was spoken for. She was taken. That she was no longer available to any other suitors. Her parents couldn't say, "Ah, no, we want you to marry this guy." So it was a betrothal. It was a legal contract, and they were considered to be married, although they did not um, live together or did not have sexual relations. But they were uh, apart for an, for a year, and during that year, the the husband would go and would prepare the place for where they would um, be in their home, to live in their home. So, so this year, Joseph is, is away from uh, his, his wife, his pledged to be married wife. And so after that year, they would come together, they would have a celebration, what our typical wedding would be like, and they would consummate their marriage, and they would come together in holy matrimony. But Joseph was not with Mary, and at some point we know that the angel let Mary know that what was conceived in her was from the Holy Spirit. And so we don't have record of what happened. She didn't send Joseph an email. She didn't call him up and said, hey, we really need to meet. I've got something to tell you. We don't know how that came about. But Joseph finds out. And no doubt, the, the, the charge, their supposed charge is infidelity. And during that year, the, the fidelity and the commitment would be tested. And so Joseph, who has begun to love Mary, comes to find out that his wife is with child. And it says he was a righteous man. He wanted to follow the law. He was going to not marry her because she was obviously unfaithful. And he loved her. And so you see in verse 20, um, actually verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, he wanted to do the right thing. He, he didn't want to marry a woman uh, that uh, was not faithful. But because and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. There's these two things, because he loved her, because in uh, the Jewish custom, a woman who was found unfaithful was was to be stoned, was to be put to death. It was a charge of put to death. And because he loved her and didn't want this to happen, he was just going to divorce her quietly, not make a big, not publicize. And 
and you can think about the, the shock and all that, um, there, was, there was love for Mary, but not hatred to wanting to get back. But the angel tells him, hey, do not be afraid because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So this angelic announcement shows us that Jesus' conception was from God and not from man. And so since this is from God, it has a profound impact on our life. We know the, the point really of this passage is in verse 21. She will give birth to a son and you should give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And, and next week we'll talk about the naming of Jesus, meaning God saves. This special child conceived of the Holy Spirit will save his people from their sin, will provide salvation. So the implications of Jesus' conception by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit and, and mystery has come, has, has come upon Mary, and she begins to, uh, to conceive, to uh, grow this child, which we have Jesus. And see, since all of us, since all human beings are born with sin, Jesus' birth had to be different if he was going to be the one to save us from our sin. If he was fully human but not fully God, then he would be just like any one of us, stuck in the same old problem of sin. So he had to be different. His birth had to be sinless. His nature had to be both human and divine. First John tells us, in chapter 3, verse 5, but you know that he appeared so that he may take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, so he did not have the taint or the original sin that all of us have. He was different, but yet like us. And so we have Jesus who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, not of man, but of God. Also is fully God and fully man. And how does this impact our life? How does this, okay, yeah, Jesus is born uh, of a virgin. He's conceived by God. He's, he's sinless so that he can be our perfect sinless substitute so that he can take all of our sins on the cross. But he's not just our savior, he's our uh, empathetic high priest, as Hebrews says. The author of Hebrews in chapter 2, verse 17 and 18 says, For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, so that he may make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He can relate to us. We can relate to him in his full humanity because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin. He put on flesh, as John says, dwelt among us, put on flesh and dwelt among us. So we have the eternal son putting on human flesh so that he could come to earth and experience life like the rest of mankind. But he was different. 
because he wasn't conceived by man but by God. And Hebrews goes on, the author tells us, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with us in our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet, here's the difference, here's the outcome. Here is the the conclusion of the, the virgin conception. Yet he did not sin. Fully God and fully man. So this has major implications for us as his followers and us as humanity, but it also has implications for us doctrinally. One author puts it this way, the the conception of Jesus is an underlying assumption that everything in the Bible that says about Jesus is true. To throw out the virgin conception is to reject Christ's deity. The accuracy and authority of scripture and a host of all other doctrines that are the heart of the Christian faith. So the virgin conception and the virgin birth isn't just, you know, the result of a, of a manger and a nice holiday greeting card. It is the foundational truth about who Jesus is, the foundational truth of the authority of Scripture, and the foundational truth that he alone can take away our sins. We stand with all other Christ followers throughout the ages, through the early church, and preserving and upholding this vital doctrine. This doctrine is is always under attack because if they can get at Jesus' deity, the fact that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, then they can attack the rest of it as well. I just want us to go back and just, just think about the conception of Jesus. The eternal Son existed with with God the Father and God the Spirit. And in God's divine plan of salvation, he had to be born. He had to share in our humanity. He had to to put flesh to that. And so in some miraculous way, God the Spirit conceived our Lord Jesus' humanity. He became a human being like us, but unlike us in the fact that he did not carry the original stain of sin. He didn't have the sin inherited from us, from our forefathers, and ultimately from our father, Adam, because we know Adam sinned, and as a result, sin entered the world, and everyone born after that would be sin, would have that original sin nature, except a difference in conception. And we see that here. And so Matthew, no doubt, is writing to his Jewish audience saying, this is the promised Messiah. This is the one who will save his people from their sin. This is the one that will not be sin like us, but will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so what is the implications of Jesus' conception mean for us today? Well, for those of you who have not accepted Jesus as the Messiah, as the Savior of your sin, who came to save humanity, and who came to save you from your sin and from my sin, you need to really wrestle hard with Jesus and the fact that he came to die 
in your place for your sin so that you can experience and be restored to a right relationship with God. And then for the rest of us who, who have believed in Jesus and Jesus has taken away all of our sin, we need to allow the miracle of the virgin conception to, to stir our hearts more towards the awe of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, our triune God. And this allows us to stir the, the marvelous implications that it shows for us that salvation is ultimately must come from the Lord. We cannot save ourselves. And God promised, you know, uh, early in Genesis, that the seed of the woman would ultimately destroy the serpent. And the virgin birth of Christ, the conception is the unmistakable reminder that salvation can never come through human effort. We can do nothing to save ourselves, and that humanity can do nothing, even one who was born of a woman, but was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Galatians says, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And the virgin birth made possible the, the, the perfect uniting of the deity of Christ and the humanity of Christ. Without the deity of Christ, he would not be able to save us from our sins and we would be dead on our way to hell. But without Christ's humanity, we wouldn't have the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, but we also wouldn't have the, the sympathetic high priest who would be able to empathize us within our weakness. We all have weaknesses. For some of us, this Christmas season will be a weakness. We will be missing loved ones. Things won't be uh, going the way it's just right. We'll have struggles. We may have health complications. Whatever it is, Jesus can empathize with us because he was born. He put on humanity. He knows what we're going through so that we can experience his presence, which we'll also talk about next week. Emmanuel, God with us. You wouldn't want to be near someone that, can't be re that can't, you can't relate to, right? You find comfort and solace in people who, have, are, are, who are relatable. And Jesus is relatable to every one of us, whatever we're going through. And so the hope of Christmas, the hope that whether, you know, despite our circumstances, whether Christmas will be a, a, a cheerful time of good tidings and great joy, or it may be a terrible time. The truth remains is that Christmas is about Christ coming to us so that he could save us from our sins, but so also that he could empathize with us in our weakness. One writer said this, it is his full humanity would be evident to us from the very fact of his ordinary human birth from a human mother. And his full deity would be evident from the fact of his conception in Mary's womb by the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. And then the virgin birth also makes possible Christ's true humanity, but without sin. And we talked about that. He's like us in every way, yet he is without sin. That's the only difference in his humanity. And so for those of you who do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Messiah, this Christmas, consider the fact that the greatest gift that Jesus Christ has ever given to you, the greatest gift that God the Father has ever given to you, the greatest gift that the Holy Spirit has ever given to you, the greatest gift that you will ever receive will be the gift of his son, the gift of salvation, Jesus, who will save his people from their sins. And if you have not believed, 
God has provided a way for you and has intervened in human history to bring you back to himself. And for all of us, the rest of us who have believed and who have accepted God's gift of salvation, we must allow the miracle of the virgin conception, not just his birth, but his conception, to stir our hearts and move to more of an awe of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because they were all instrumental in providing salvation. Because we're so often eager to forget. We're prone to wander from the miraculous awe of God, especially in the everyday busyness of life. But we must be reminded of who God is and what he has done for us. And that makes a profound impact on our life. And so when you see, when you drive, and you see the nativity scene, or you see the living nativity, and you see the actual birth of Jesus represented, I want you to remember that the real miracle behind that is his virgin conception, where the God, the Spirit, made Jesus fully God and fully man in one so that he could be the Savior of the world and our personal Lord as well. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for your son. And when we think about your work in conceiving our Lord Jesus, we, we can't comprehend it. We can't exhaust the, the miraculousness of that. But Lord, I ask that you would help us remember and you would ask us to help us see the miracle that God, the eternal son, being conceived so that he can be human like us, yet without sin. So that one, we can have forgiveness for our sins and that we can have someone who can empathize with us in every way. And Lord, for those who are here that do not know you personally as Lord and Savior, Lord, I ask that this would just be the start or the continuation of, of your spirit working in their heart to draw them to yourself, to save them from their sin, to give them hope, to give them life, to give them purpose beyond what they just see. And Lord, for the rest of us, help us to never lose the wonder and the awe of what you did by putting flesh on Jesus and allowing him to dwell among us so that he could live that perfect, sinless life, that he could ultimately die in our place for our sin because you tell us that sin must be accounted for, it must be paid for, and the wages of sin is death. And thank you, Lord, that you sent your son to die for us so that we can experience the greatest gift that we will ever experience, the gift of your son, the gift of you with us. And so this Christmas season, help us to enjoy it. Help us to, to celebrate the festivities, Lord, but help us not to take away the thought of what's really most important behind Christmas, and that is your son. And that when we see the depictions of your son in a manger, that you would use your spirit to connect 
and us to go back to think about the conception that your Holy Spirit provided for Jesus and for us. We love you so much. And we ask that you would use your word and your spirit and your people to help us be more like Jesus so that we can continue to enjoy the presence of you, God with us, both now here on earth through your Holy Spirit and then forever in eternity. Lord, we love you. And it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen.